we're older now and a little bit <laughs> slower. So we don't need, we don't need it to be so fast and so hectic all the time. So I just feel like we've all kind of gravitated towards it's still heavy as fuck, but just not as, not as hectic. You don't need that as much when you get older, you know, you kind of slow down. So the music slows down a little bit. This is the latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm your Cypher Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you may get your podcast from. And if you have a question or want to pitch something or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Uh, joining us for this week's chapter is Aaron Wall of uh, Red Beard Wall. No relation there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, welcome and thank you for coming on, man. Dude, it's an honor to be here, man. I've I, I really appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm, I mean, I have to be uh, honest. I'm actually kind of a relative newcomer to your music. There's a lot of bands, so. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, there are, there are a lot of bands. It's hard, um, it's hard, to, it's hard to sift through them all, but I'm glad I kind of found, found a crack in there to your ears, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you have a new album out called just, simply called three it's your third album um Correct. couldn't have guessed it but uh but i was jamming <laughs> that and um it's it's awesome man it, like whips it's just really kick ass dude thank you i appreciate it man yeah dude i'm proud of it put put my heart and soul into that motherfucker so i'm all about the bangers man <laughs> like i'm just here to make you bob your head you know nothing too schizophrenic and shit just you know there's enough of all different kinds of stuff so i'm just i'm just here to to give you a little head bobbing time you know just a good time <laughs> you know obviously there's <clears throat> more to that like leading up to the release and everything so like what are your earliest experiences with music do you have do you come from a musical background or do you find it a little later on in life no i've i mean i can't remember a time when i didn't think about music or wasn't about music like i mean even back to you know, three, three or four years old with like Alvin and the chipmunks, you know, them being a band and shit. It just, I don't know, man. It's just always been something that's intrigued me that I've always wanted to do. I haven't really, uh, I haven't really ever wanted to do anything else, man. You know, I came up with, I was a nineties kid and an eighties little kid. So I came up through the first generation of MTV through the eighties stuff and then the headbangers ball stuff. And, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of my traje trajectory there, you know, but my family wasn't super musical, super religious, you know, so lots of church songs and stuff, but, but yeah, dude, I've just kind of, I've just always just been driven to, 
to listen to music and play music and just find out what's new, you know, just, I'm still constantly searching for what, you know, the next thing, what's good, what's good, you know? So it's just been a, been a lifelong journey, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of relate in like you're growing up and like, you know, you actually got to experience like the beginning of like, you know, MTV and all that. And I got like the very tail end of it, which was like, maybe, the only good like that was like really like the best stretch of time because like i remember watching headbangers ball like a ton um and like you know finding out about a ton of bands that probably at the time honestly probably just wrote them off because i was like this shit is too fucking insane i do not know what they're doing they sound like a monster and i don't like it right Uh, right and then you just kind of cycle back and you're like, holy shit, I've like completely 180 on all of this. And uh, I feel like a better person because of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's just it was a weird thing. because like I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old with that first wave of MTV and then the original Headbangers Ball and all that. And I, I live in such a I live in a town of about 25,000 people, lots of churches and I don't remember what the the impetus was, but like the community got together and uh, I guess basically protested the cable station for them to drop MTV. It was like, cra- oh my it god! Was, it was like one of the most crushing moments of my childhood, man. It was it was insane, and so we lost MTV for quite a few years, and then maybe mid high school, late high school is kind of when we got it back with like the Jamie Josta headbangers mm-hmm. ball, and right at the tail end of when they were right before they stopped doing music altogether. So yeah, it was, it's, it's just a, you know, it's a weird place to live and weird things like that happen. But yeah, like I came up with Van Halen and Motley Crue. I loved all that stuff. I was, I was a hip hop kid. I mean, run DMC was like the first thing I ever performed, like at a talent show or whatever. So, but yeah, I just had to kind of find my own, my own path. I mean, I we had a store called Hastings. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was like a, a CD magazine bookstore, kind of like Barnes and Noble, but with music mm-hmm. and like DVDs and stuff, stuff like that. And I mean, every Tuesday when the records would come out, that's where I would go, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of wasted money on looking at covers and all that's cool. And it not being cool, you know, just, just, all, <laughs> just a chase. Example. Man. Example. <laughs> Oh man, Example. I don't. I don't what, was I, some, what was one that you were like, this album art is awesome, and you're like, ugh. Maybe, maybe and I, I mean, probably metalheads will hate me, but probably some Halloween or something like that. <laughs> no, I never, never I never, been I was never them, like, but... a, I mean, I, I love like Halford and stuff, but I just never have been into like that, that style of, of vocals. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, I don't know why that came to my mind. It's so weird. But it must, it must have not been good. I don't know. To me, to me, you know, that's just opinion. Right on. Uh, yeah, we uh, we didn't have that. But like, I think the like the closest thing that we had around by me was, uh, you know, we had Tower Records was was the big thing. Right. Um, but yeah. like, I don't even think they had. Yeah, but they didn't even have vinyl because like that was just like a that was such a novelty. And I felt like in the 90s and I'm sure there were plenty of people actually like still selling it and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, yeah, but that, that CD era, man, I mean, it was just CDs, 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 you know? Yeah. So, but I, but I've been through it all. I mean, I went, I was, I was a cassette kid and then CDs came about and then, I mean, I had 
hundreds and hundreds of CDs, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I like, I like going back to living in a small town and there's really not that much to do. And that's what I did, man. I would just go by, you know, Kerrang and what all metal maniacs and whatever was out at, at that time. And then revolver came, came along and all of that decibel and all of that stuff. And that's, that's how I, that's how I navigated life pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, you're not, you're kind of not getting like the stuff that's, been um that's filtered into like the mainstream you know you just you always kind of have your foot on the pedal of like what's like what's up and coming like you know who should you be checking out oh there's this thing you know right right yeah i mean it's that i mean that was i mean that was my school i you know i didn't really give a shit about school very much but that that was what i that was the thing i wanted to study you know going to the back of the the magazines with the reviews and stuff like that. And you would kind of see who your favorite reviewer was. So you'd always check them out and see what they were talking about and stuff like that. So yeah, that was pretty much my whole childhood. Just reading magazines, buying CDs, listening to music, repeat, rinse, repeat. <laughs> Did you have like, was there like a specific metal album? Um, like kind of regardless of genre that like, kind of really changed your mind about everything like gave you perspective that you were like damn really i mean the one that sticks out of my mind is mastodon that was kind of later later in my life you know later in my 20s or whenever that was but i was on mastodon really early on saw him in fort worth at a at a bar with like a five dollar cover charge holy shit so i mean it was and that i mean i'd already known about him it, this was right as remission came out and I'd already known about him and, and liked him. That's the reason we went, but we didn't, it was such a small show. We didn't know who was, what the bill was. They just never released like the lineup or anything. So we got there really early and it was just me and a couple of my friends. We were basically the only ones there. And we just sat at a table there by the stage and they came out and played a couple of songs, just like sound checking by themselves. So just, I mean, that's a memory, but just then like I was kind of bored with metal and stuff. Like I was, grew up on Pantera, you know, being from Texas and all of that stuff. And I just kind of, it just kind of got all that. Everything got, it kind of got stale to me. You know, I, I, I love hardcore, everything, but I just kind of got, it kind of got stale. And then when I discovered Mastodon, I was like, oh, there is, it can be something different and more, you know, than it, than what I thought it was. You know, it's just like, I mean, there's, you know, every 10 years or so there's a, there's a band that comes around and you're just, you know, that can change the game, you know, not mm -hmm. necessarily, not necessarily reinventing the wheel in any way, but it's just different enough to just, just be like, okay, you know, it just gives you more inspiration be like, okay, this is, you know, this shit does, it's vast. It's vast. And like you said, there's so many bands, man, there's so much good shit, mainly good shit out there. It's, it's good, man. Music is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always think of Texas's, you know, I would talk about them a lot on here. Like I always think of Texas's power trip. I was like, it's like, that was a band that like, they fucking changed the game. Like, and they were about to change the game. And then obviously, definitely, you definitely. know, yeah, what happened, happened. Right. That's, I mean, that sucks, man. It's still, I mean, it's heartbreaking, man. I love power trip. You know, they, they are Texas. They, like you said, they were the, I mean, there was Pantera, you know, whatever you think about them, yeah, your nay or whatever, but they were that for a long time. And Power Trip, you know, was the was the next one. I mean, most yeah. definitely, hundred percent. 
but that's just the way, you know, it's just, you got to be patient. Sometimes you got to, you know, you got to wade through a lot of stuff to, you know, and spend time with it. And eventually something will, something will come about, but you know, going back, I mean, the first time I heard Metallica, that's, I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of people's story. That was really what got me into heavy. Cause I was a, I was a hip hop kid, like I said. So, I mean, once we lost MTV and stuff, I was really just hip hop. I mean, I was into R and B Jodeci and, you know, all that, all that kind of shit. And then when, uh, when I heard, which I mean, ride the lightning had been out for four or five, six years when I heard it, but that's, that's the Metallica record that I heard first. And then after that, man, I mean, it just sent me off on the, the heavy journey, just, you know, Metallica, then Pantera, Slayer, Sepultura. I mean, just, you know, just that trajectory into morbid angel deicide, you know, like, Parents didn't like Deicide in the house very much, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. Yeah, right, right, right. I got, I got, a, I got a band from a couple of friends for a while for bringing the CD to their house to listen to and shit. So, but That's that all funny. that that stuff kind of fueled me. I mean, it's you know, you can, it's pretty sheltered here and stuff like that. But I was always wanting to find out. They just gave me a a fervor to want to know what you know what they were trying to keep from me. <laughs> that's basically what it boiled down to you know like like you say with like the like the darker imagery and all that stuff i mean i was intrigued you know early on with that too and then the dichotomy of going to church having to go to church all the time but i liked this evil stuff and then and then satan comes into church you know like that's where i learned about satan was there you know so i don't know it's just, <laughs> just a weird thing but but yeah, I just so I've just kind of had to forge my own path, basically, in whatever I've done, I've had to figure it out myself. And then, and then, obviously, you know, you wind up being in like a fuzzy doom rock band. Definitely, definitely. But that's like I, I always tell people: it's it's like the stoner sludge doom scene. We're all kind of older guy, you know, thirties, <clears throat> early forties. I just we we were all punk kids and thrash kids, and we just we're older now and a little bit <clears throat> slower. So we don't need, we don't need it to be so fast and so hectic all the time. So I just feel like we've all kind of gravitated towards it's still heavy as fuck, but just not as, not as hectic. You don't need that as much when you get older, you know, you kind of slow down. So the music slows down a little bit. <laughs> I, I always joke that, that uh, do metal is just punk rock, but played very slowly. Right. Right. It's like, I don't know if you know who DJ Screw is, but it's it's kind of oh yeah, he, you know from Houston he was the he slowed everything down yeah, and he well yeah he created Chopped and Screw right he created Chopped and Screwed exactly yeah dude he's a fucking legend man but that's kind of how I feel about it like it's just you know it's just the slowed down version of punk or thrash or or whatever you know yep and then like you a know chop, Chopped and Screwed version of of heavy shit I guess. <laughs> That's a cool way of thinking about it. I never really thought about it that way before. <clears throat> yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know why, but I mean, I've just kind of always thought about that. I've always, I was always a DJ Screw fan, so it does kind of correlate a little bit. <laughs> How did uh, Red Beard Wall come together, and like, you know, like kind of like where, like, what, what's the trajectory for like that coming together? Because, uh, you know, you've been very active over the like since its inception, because you've only been around for like just a few years now my life kind of settled, settled down. I got married, had, had a kid and, uh, I just, 
I had been out of music for quite a while. I'd been in bands my whole twenties, just grinding it out, you know, trying to sell CDs out of the back of the back of the van and shit. So, you know, just kind of burned out on that for a while. And I'd been out of music for a while. And like I said, the life kind of settled down. I thought, well, man, I feel like, you know, writing some songs and shit. And that's, I'm out here by myself. So I just, I wrote three songs. I entered them into this doomed and stone demo contest, like back late 2016 or something like that. And the reception was crazy. So I thought, well, shit, man, I'll just do a record. And I'd saved up some money to to go to the studio and record the first record. I thought, well, fuck it, man. I'll just invest in some decent recording equipment and just learn. So I basically, that's just what I've been doing, man. So I, rec- I record everything. This is my studio where I'm at here. So I record everything and mix everything here and write everything. My amps are right here. My drums are right there, you know? So I just fell back in love with it, man. I fell in love with like the, the technical aspect of it. And the songs have just been flowing pretty good for, for the last three years. So I'm just letting them, I'm just letting them flow, man. (laughs) You know, not questioning it, just enjoying, enjoying the ride, man. It's been, I've been lucky, put it that way. I feel like when I listen to like, you know, doom and stoner and whatever, um, sludge whatever it is like if the stuff is produced on like um because you know you can like you said just like you're doing you can produce it you're a home studio whether it's you know you're just like recording it yourself or whatever and producing it or that's like where your like base of operations is or whatever it is um it's like it always sounds like pretty good to me and i feel like that's because people are like really keen on like knowing exactly like what they're what their sound is like they're very dialed into it so they know exactly like okay well we do have to like actually pull back here on like the fuzz it's just it's just too fucking much because we're drowning out like another part or something like that and it's like not the intention you know or something something along those lines you know i just feel like there's always been like a swath of like just good like well-educated tech people in this scene <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean it's just like me like Going back to where I live, I mean, I'm not close to any big city. I mean, I'm five hours from Dallas. I'm six hours from Austin, seven hours from San Antonio. So I'm just kind of out here in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, what am I going to do, man? You know, so I just, I mean, I've said it before. It's just not something I do, man. It's, I mean, it's who I am. I like I, it, I feel like if I don't do this, I'll die pretty much, you know. <laughs> but yeah, just like, I mean. I do everything as far as the recordings and stuff. I play the drums. I do I do everything on the records myself. And that goes back to the location. I just don't have anybody really around me. I've got a drummer now. We got together right before COVID, so we're still pretty new. I've just had to do everything myself. So, I mean, if I'm not going to do it, nobody's going to do it. So I just do it. Right on. Yeah, you're like, uh, you're like a one-man wrecking crew. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yes. No, dude, I just, I mean, I just learn and I just, I just do the best that I can. I try to, like I said, learn and I try to make it sound as good as I can. I know it's not the best in the world. I know, but you know, but I, that's one of the things I like about it too, is like, I wrote the first record and I had a certain amount of guitar skills and drum skills and recording skills. And that first record shows that second record's a little better, sounds a little better. 
and this the new record i feel is is quite a bit better and sounds quite a bit better than the other two so it's kind of cool that you could actually hear the progression and you and it's all together like the recording and everything and then the songs it's all it all goes together you can hear the progression of the playing the recording the mixing all like you know chronologically so i don't know i just kind of think that's cool yeah it's like you like, kind of like you see your path right and like i mean like you said with like the sound of it and stuff like i'm no dictator or nothing and i'm not you know i, I would love to have a drummer to, so i don't have to write drum parts and record drum parts myself and stuff and i think i have one now so hopefully the next record that'll that'll take care of that but but like i write the i write the riffs like and I'm originally a drummer. I play guitar just to kind of get my songs out. But I but I write everything on the guitar. And once I have the, the songs done on the guitar, like I know where the drums are supposed to be. So it just stream it just kind of streamlines the process. And that goes back to being able to release a a, a full record, you know, every year, year and a half, you know, with a couple of little things in between. It's just I don't have to ask for somebody or see when they can come over and record or whatever. Like if I feel like I want to write and record a song today, then I can just come in here and write and record a song, you know? I mean, it's a great approach, you know? Um, and, and it gives, obviously gives you a lot of freedom of control, but like you said though, like uh, listening to the new one you can absolutely like hear it. It's just, um, it's just, it's tighter. And that's like one thing I did notice though, throughout though, is that, this is like your your song structure is a bit, not even a bit, just a lot more tight than like your typical like fuzz rock affair. You know, like it's more of like a like punk rock approach, um, definitely. And and I like that because you know it keeps things moving and it it keeps things interesting. And you know you got to like switch up the game because you can't just be coasting on like one sound for the whole album or else. Sure, it's like, like, I mean. Kind of, I mean so like one band could do that. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's just never really, I mean, I never, I didn't start this thinking I was going to be in the stoner doom sludge scene. I don't even, I feel like I am that because these people are my family, you know, like over, over these years and playing all these shows and touring and stuff and meeting all the different people. It It's my family, but I've never really like thought of, the music or my band as any of that really, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a, a helmet guy. Like I'm a snap case guy. Like I, I kind of lean more towards like hardcore, like alt metal or, or something like that in my mind, you know, but, but it is, but the amps and the tone and all of that does kind of lend itself to the stoner slow. I always just called it sludge rock. You know, yeah, it's kind of I mean, like, you know, one. like Torch is what I mean, Floor is like basically my all time favorite band, mm -hmm. you know, and I love Torch. And I mean, th those are more of the band, you know, we're I feel like we're stoner sludge, but we're kind of sludge adjacent or or something like that. We're in the scene and stuff. A lot of a lot of because of like the power of the amplifiers and stuff that, you know, because we like to make it a physical experience as well, you know, right. But I definitely, I agree with that 100%. I feel like it has, thinking like it has like like Pixies-esque, like old school Pixies like right. vibe and to like, it, especially yeah. on like the clean vocal sections. Like it's yeah, got like I mean, alt like, rock in it. 
Right. It does. It definitely does. Like, I mean, I was, I was a grunge kid too. I mean, I, I, like I said, I was a nineties kid, late eighties, all through the nineties. So it's just like, it's just all of that stuff that I liked that I loved. It's just, it just is all to, together. And then it just kind of makes it sound somewhat unique anyway. But yeah, with, but with like the vocals, like the the clean singing and the screaming, I mean, that goes back to like Chino of the deaf talk. Like, I've just always loved like the con, you know, people who do it right. I mean, it can definitely be done wrong. I'm not saying I do it right, but you, you know, it's, there's a way that you can do it and, and, and it work. And that's what most people, that's like the first thing that most people say to me when they talk about Redbeard wall is the vocals, you know? Oh yeah. Cause you have like the, it's like this kind of like, almost like up-tempo sludge and then you have like you know like mike nine like screeching vocals but then right. like a very nice kind of harmonious voice get, comes through to like sort of like right. punctuate it or whatever so it's like kind of throws you off and you're like huh this is like a really like a really aggro like sort of like pop song <laughs> right and that's kind of like i mean i just always like one of my things i just wanted to be like the heaviest version of the beatles or like the heavy like a super heavy version of Weezer or some, or some something something to that to that effect you know I just wanted them to be just good rock songs that fucking jam you know you know mm -hmm. but like I'm in in like the singing and screaming thing it's just when I did the demo I recorded it just straight singing I thought well you're 35 years old or 34 whatever I was I was like you're you're not that angry anymore. <laughs> you know, not as angry as you were like, do you really need to be screaming? You know? So I recorded the three song demo with no screaming. And then when I listened back to it, I was like, nah, no, that's, that's not me. That's not, that's not the way it's going to be. So, so I went back on the demo and recorded the screaming and then I've just kept it both, but I just love both. I mean, I love, like I said, I love Chino screaming and singing, but I, I mean, I grew up on Phil. I love, feel you know i mean mm -hmm. i just love and mike nine like i don't i love that just where you can tell that they're fucking screaming it's not <clears throat> digitally manipulated or it doesn't have a bunch of effects on it and stuff it's just like true feeling and emotion you know mm -hmm. and that's one thing like like i really when i recorded the last record i really paid attention with like mic placement and stuff like if it didn't sound good then i would move a microphone like what you hear with like my records, I always want it to be as close to exactly like me into the microphone as it possibly can be. You know, there's no, like, I don't auto tune stuff. Like not that that's bad. And I double the vocal, the singing vocals. And I like, I mean, I'll spend a lot of time making sure that I sing them both exactly the same, you know, it's just kind of how, what do you want to do? You know, I would just rather put the work in and it be legit and heartfelt and and just truly honest you know like if you hear the guitar on there that's me playing the guitar you know through my amps that you can see me play on stage you know this is the this is the vocal this is the mic that i recorded the vocals through you know just me you know and that's just kind of the way i it's not necessarily trying to be raw or anything like that i just want it to be like i just want to capture the songs as good as i can and that's that's enough for me you know I always think like the thought to me, the songs are good. I mean, I'm hella biased, obviously, but <laughs> you know, the song, the songs are to me. I just think that they're, they're great songs. So I just feel like my job is just to stay out of the way. The songs will speak for themselves. My job is mm -hmm. just to not fuck it up. You know, 
a lot of times I feel guilty, like taking credit for, for any of it, just because a lot of it just, it's, it comes real easy. It comes real easy, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. I know it's cliche and all that, but I'm just like a vessel. I'm just a vessel. So I respect it. Like I trust my creativity. Like if it sounds good and I feel like it's good, then I just move on. You know, I don't pick shit apart. I just let it go, man. And then give it to the world and let them <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> trash it. <laughs> yeah. Throw it to the wolves. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Has this like led to like, you know, any opportunity like for other production? Like, have you done any other work, you know, for, you know, pardon my ignorance? I've, I've not, I've been asked quite a few times, but a lot of it just has to do with time. And like, I mean, I have a family, my kids live here too. So it's kind of difficult for me to have, but I mean, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it more, more and more, I've, more than anything. I just probably haven't been confident enough to, to really, to really do it. You know, there's nobody, if like I do my own shit, there's really nobody here to tell me like, that sucks. You're stupid, you know? So, mm-hmm. but no, it's been good. Like, but yeah, I mean, maybe down the road, but I just, I'm so focused on this. Like I do the records, I get the records out and then we play as many, I play as many shows as I can. And then after I play as many shows as I can, it's time to do another record. So it's just, you know, but I'm, I, I mean, that's, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. No, you, when you play live, do you have, do you like tune your um, guitar to like do some, some crazy shit that it like fills in for the bass or do you, do you, I, uh, I have, I mean, depending on where I'm at, like, if I possibly can, I run four amps and four cabs, four by 15 cab, a six by 12, a couple of four by 12. Like, so just usually, you know, having that much power, the low end, the low end is there, but I do run like a Thunderverb 200 on a four by 15, but I don't use it necessarily as a, as a bass. I still play it as a guitar amplifier, but with the four fifteens and the 200 Watts, it, it feels in that low end. But the right. going back to that, I mean, like that stuff is just like necessity too. Like I just, I like to keep it moving and mm-hmm. I was gonna, I was gonna, I thought about putting, p- putting bass on the, on the last, on this new record. And then when it came down to it, I was like, it's, you know, like it's full enough. Like this is the way I like it to sound. So, you know, I just moved it on along, but I, I mean, it always feels full enough to me, but live, live, it's not a problem at all. I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate two pieces and I like seeing what they can do with it. Yeah, dude. And it's, I mean, it seems like there for a while, there was quite a few two pieces and now most of the two pieces that we came up with in Texas are, are three pieces or four pieces now. So we're kind of back to being like the only, you know, one of the only two pieces, which is cool, <laughs> but I just like, I mean, and it, that, that goes back to like, with a drummer, it's I have to talk to one person. Like, we've got an offer for this gig. Can you play it? Yes, I can. Okay, we'll do it. You know, so a lot of it has to do with communication, just simplicity. The more shit you add to it, the harder it's going to be. The more complex you make it, the harder it's going to be to sift through. I just want to write my songs, play my music. That's it. You know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm a simple man. <laughs> <laughs> simple simple boy from texas that's right simple boy from texas <laughs> um all right so like obviously your project's named after your your image your, the literal red beard wall which is like 
pretty goddamn creative, I gotta say. <laughs> well, that's that's funny. That's like, I mean, people get people have all kinds of conceptions or preconceptions of what of what the name is, but obviously, when I started out, I thought, well, Redbeard. Well, Redbeard is there's there's a band called Redbeard, and then I thought, well, I'll do Barbarossa or El Barbarossa, which is Redbeard in Spanish. Well, that was that was taken as well. So as simple as it is, like my name is Aaron Wall. And so I have a red beard. My last name is Wall. So it's just Red Beard Wall. It's just super simple. It's just my last name, you know? Yeah. And yet somehow but, it's like, it's a but it very does. I mean, even creative like if I, idea. If I, if, I se- if, I, if I separate myself from like the actual, it's my name, like it does conjure different things in my head, you know? So, I mean, if it does that to me, I'm sure it does it to other people who don't necessarily know that that's my last name, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would have never guessed. I would have been, I was like, oh, that's a strange, but very creative name. And it's like, okay, well, the guy has to have a a beard, obviously. Although I will say, good job not like making all your songs about beards. That would have been not cool. (laughs) Not cool. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, I don't know. Just, that was just another thing that I didn't put a whole lot of thought into. I just... I was writing songs. I needed a name that just seemed, seemed good enough. Cause I didn't like have any kind of, I really didn't have any kind of goals or, or I didn't think about putting a record out when I started, I just was going to write some songs for myself to jam to in the car, you know, but it just said, I wrote those three songs. I was like, well, man, these three, these are, these are okay. And then those, and then people liked them. Okay. So then it just kind of propelled it forward. And it's just been on a, just a nice, slow, steady incline, you know, just not, you know, that's, that's all I've ever, I wanted to put out one record, you know, that was kind of like when I'd start, when I had a goal, that was what I wanted to do. And then I did that. And I'm just like, man, everything after that's fucking gravy. So everything since then to me has been gravy. I'm just, I'm lucky. I'm grateful. I get to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. It's all I think about 24 seven. So I just, I'm just, I feel lucky, you know, that's about it. <laughs> and you got to, uh, you actually played a show pretty recently, which is, you know, one of, one of the first in a while, I'm, you know, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being here in Texas, I mean, whether, I mean, whether we're dingbats or, or what, you know, we, when they said open up, we open the fuck up. So, I mean, shows have been going on for a little while. We, we played the Lone Star Unleashed Festival and that was the first big, you know, we, we played a small show for a Thunder Horse. They signed to Ripple. They're a Texas band. Mm. And uh, we played their record release show in San Antonio. And that was like towards the end of April, I believe, or right at the first of June. And then we played that festival at the end of June. But I mean, people are ready for it, you know. But I know it's not like that ever, everywhere else. But that, that festival was amazing. It was 20 bands. I mean, 20 of the arguably the best bands in Texas all came together. It was, it was amazing, man. It was just good to, to get, get back out there. Did it hurt not, not being able to do it? Yeah. Luckily, like I, we had gotten off tour in November of 2019 and I had planned on coming back from that tour and, and shutting the shows down pretty much. I mean, unless something was, in the area and do the record. So COVID just, it just all kind of worked out 
as good as it possibly could for me. So I just, I did the record during COVID and, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think we're past it, but <laughs> I don't, you no, know, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. I mean, but I, like I said, we were, I just worry that it's maybe the last, you know, maybe the last one, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, it's just like, I thought everything was going in a good direction and kind of had a false sense of confidence. And now my confidence isn't as high. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, it's a, it, it's a bummer. Like, you know, seeing the stuff roll in, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like I know some people are, uh, setting stuff up and you know i was like i don't know you know we'll have to see how it goes you know obviously like i'm in the northeast so things are like a little bit better but you know that's not talking about everything else so yeah it's just kind of like you're taking it day by day now but we'll see what happened that you know, obviously as of we'll, we're recording this you know this will probably just come out a little bit later right um, right down the road yeah, so yeah hopefully when it comes out we'll sound dumb for worrying maybe but i don't know We'll see. Probably, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I meant to ask, like, when you go on tour, like, what are the pros and cons of having a really big beard? Dude, it's like, it's like an, an appendage, man. It's like one of my arms or my fingers or my leg. It's just a part of my body. Like, I've had it, I've had it for so long now. I'm committed to it. Like, I don't, I don't. I never have any problems. Like I don't have any problems eating or drinking or, you know, if like I'm eating a bowl, of, if I'm eating a bowl of soup or something, I might, you know, I might yeah. do do this, but yeah, dude, you just get, you just get used to it. I don't even notice it. You know, luckily I've never gotten it caught in something and gotten whiplash or anything. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always had a beard or something, but like, you know, with the band, I'm kind of, tied to it but i i love it like i mean it's just it's it's part of who i am you know it's it's not a gimmick or nothing it's just like i love it and it was just cool enough where i could work it into the band name and now you know you can't tell me to shave it because i've i have to keep it you know it's like zz top you know oh dude I, yeah and that's what I, I get that sometimes like are you are you zz top's grandson you know <laughs> Oh, wow. I was like, is there never like, they're never like, are you Billy Gibbons grandson? You know, so are you ZZ Top's grandson? You know, you know, there, there's three guys. It's not just, yeah, yeah, they guy. have names. <laughs> right, right, right. And they all, you know, well, other than Frank Beard, Frank Beard doesn't have a beard. No, he has a big other, mustache. But the other two guys have beards. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do like that story of them getting like all the big money off and they're like, we're too ugly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have attempted it a few times. It hasn't really panned out the right way. So I'm maybe just, I'll give it another go. I'm hashtag blessed, man. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> you being out in uh, Texas, though, like Texas does have like a pretty cool scene. We were talking about a few bands of them from there before. Um, and obviously you've been able to kind of like, you know, be welcomed into, you know, probably your, your local scene and, you know, afar. Obviously we we're talking about uh, our mutual friend Dave, uh, who lives out here by me now, or I live out here by him now. But like Texas has like a cool has like that that you know obviously there's Austin, which is like big hub for a lot of stuff like Austin Terror Fest, whatever it was, and Levitation. So you have like the cool like you know psych rock and adjacent, and you know there's all like the spillover from metal and whatnot there. So like it's it's definitely like a cool scene to be a part of. 
Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, that's what's. I mean, that's why I I live and die stoner sludge doom now. Cause like, I mean, I'm out here by myself. Like, I live. I mean, there's a there's a college town, Lubbock, Texas, which is about an hour from me where Texas Tech is. I don't know if you know anything about that, but anyway, I've only been to Texas once, and I was yeah, in. Houston. Well, anyway, that's like, that's the biggest town around me. It's just a big college town, which. There's a music scene there, but it's more still heavy metal and stuff like that. But I've just always been accepted in Austin and in San Antonio and Houston and all, all of the, I mean, that's where, that's where I feel like, that's where I would say Redbeard Wall is based out of. That's, that's how I feel about it. That's where all my close friends are. That's where the people who have, you know, rode with me since the start and are still here. And, you know, I, I've got, I mean, like I said, I mean, I just go back to its family but it's just cool because there's a lot of Austin bands. There's a lot of San Antonio bands. There's quite a few Houston bands. There's even quite a few Dallas bands. And even though those cities are so big, San Antonio is an hour from Austin. Houston is two and a half hours from either San Antonio or Austin. Dallas is just like a two and a half, three hour drive up. So it's almost like one giant scene. Everybody just helps everybody everybody else out it doesn't it never feels like the austin scene or the san antonio scene or the houston scene even though there are those scenes it just feels like we're all all together i love it man i mean like i I can't say anything but good shit man i've met the best people in my life in those places over the last four or five years you know yeah but going to that like texas is awesome but i've been everywhere else also and everywhere that I've been to, I've experienced that same shit. Like going up and playing in Maryland, you know, in the Maryland doom scene treated me like family forever. I mean, I love those people. Like even like David in Brooklyn, I mean, and up even in Kingston, New York with Shadow oh, yeah. Witch. Shadow Witch. Yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, everywhere <clears throat> we we've gone, I mean, it's, it, it's, it truly is a community. It's, there's a lot of bands and but there's it's it's smaller than you think. I don't I don't know. I don't know how to explain oh, yeah. it. There's there's it's huge, but it feels small. It feel it's like a big city with a small town feel. I guess you would yeah. I don't know how I don't know how <laughs> yeah, to explain no, that, it, man, but it's way. just like everybody you see in like it's one of the places where a lot of people you have used social media in, in the right way where it's like-minded people connecting over the internet and then I'm lucky enough to be able to go to some of the, those people who I've had conversations with and talked to many, many times, you know, over, over Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And you meet them and they're just as real as they have been on this. You know, it's just all, it all is symbiotic, man. And it works to get works together. But I always say that too. It's like, you hear about so much bad stuff. There's so much hate. There's so much anger. There's so much division in the world, which there is, and especially America, there is. But everywhere I go, I've been treated with kindness, acceptance, respect. People have fed us. People have housed us. So I, I don't know. I like, like I go back to. I'm just grateful, man. I've just been able to connect with just the realest motherfuckers across America. Hell yeah. That's definitely, that's the, I think that's a testament to like, you know, just like you said, the family aspect of metal, you know, it's just always been like that. Definitely. And like, like speaking from a band sense, like 
it's fucking hard to do this. Like a lot of people, it, you know, it, it, I mean, you can say, well, it, this is a hobby for me. I have a full-time job. I have a family, but like, it's not a hobby for me. This is my whole life. You know, like I go to work to fund my band. I mean, that's like the mm-hmm. only re that's the only, you know, so I don't, I don't know, but in, in, I know how hard it is to do this. Like if you want to do it well, especially like playing live, I mean, you have to put a lot of time and effort and it's not, a lot of it's not near as fun as you think it is, you know, when yeah. you start out and it's like, but it's just like anything. I mean, it's, it is fun and you do it for fun, but it's a lot more work than people realize they get into it for the idea of being in a band. But once you're mm-hmm. actually, you know, so I take it really seriously. I mean, I have fun, but it's super serious to me and it is to most of the people I hang out with. And it's so hard to, to do it and maintain it. So everybody picks each other up. You know, there I've never felt competition. Like I, cause I feel that way. I was like, I can't worry about like trying to compete with people. Like I'm trying to play a, play some riffs, man. You know, like it's hard. (laughs) It's hard enough to, for me to put three riffs together. I can't be worrying about other stuff and nobody else does either. It's just like cliche, but it's good set, man. Good set. Good set. Everybody is just give me a hug, you know? So that's all I've ever felt. And that's why I love the doom stoner sludge scene, the people in it. I'm fucking deep into it. I'm dedicated to it. Like I just feel like it's family, man. These people are not, and I've, I've always had problems with the fan artist thing when it comes to me personally. Like I, I just mm-hmm. never think that way. I, I just think of everybody as my friend. Like you took time out of your fucking busy life when you could be doing other shit and you took a little bit of time to listen to my art, to my music, you know, and that means everything to me. So I'm grateful. I talk to people, you know, so I mean, and I get love back and you just, you give love, you get it back. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's like a great mantra for life. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, sometimes you're full of cliches and shit, but, they're cliches for a reason, I guess. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> there's the cliche. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. What, what have you been listening to lately? Anything good? I've been pretty deep into like the the younger hardcore stuff. And Knocked Loose being an obvious one, but you know, Gulch and Drain and Tsunami, all the the California scene, you know, the San Jose yeah. scene and all of that stuff. I just I love all that shit, man. But I listen to everything, man. I listen to Charlie Crockett, a lot of underground country. Love Paul Cawthon. He's playing at Psycho Las Vegas this year. He's from Tyler, Texas. But I, I just like, I mean, I just eat it all up, man. I don't really care necessarily what it is. I'm drawn towards aggressive music in whatever form that is. Like, if it's aggressive country, if it's aggressive rap, aggressive metal, what, you know, if, I'm just into loud shit, shit that like the bangs, you know, <laughs> like mainly, I mean, the new turn, you know, the, the few new songs from turnstile are good. I just, I don't know. I'll just, I'm kind of into the, the young stuff right now. I mean, I love gate creeper and I, I don't know. I just love all, all, I just love anything heavy that fucking riffs out, man. And like you said, that has a, it's just, just banging where it gives you the stink face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I did, I listened to a uh, very good death metal album by Witch Vomit. That's gross. It's called Abhorrent Rapture. So if you want some good, gross music, that's fucking killer death metal. Definitely. Uh, what definitely. else? 
this cool band they're like a sort of like uh that 70s retro vibe called psychic hit they're out of uh california they should be showing up on this podcast pretty soon in the future keep your ears yeah, out I was trying to um, look what i was i've been i was listening to outcast listening to that new coheed and cambria song i love me some coheed and cambria uh, i had a buddy who was super into them back in the day yeah yeah, I like I loved them. At, I loved them on the first couple records, and I kind of fell off for a long time. And then I had some time during COVID, and for some reason, I just I started going through the records that I've missed. And man, it's all legit. <laughs> like, you know, oh, absolutely. But yeah, like um, I don't know. Crowbar, listen to listen to Crowbar, Sanity Slip, another young young hardcore band. I'm pretty. I'm pretty random. That God's Hate. Have you heard that God's Hate record? No, I've, I've heard of that. Though I've heard that. Yeah, the, the yeah the new self titled record, man. It's it goes hard. All right, I'll check it out. But yeah, like I, I'm a breakdown guy. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm a breakdown guy. I've never I never really got into the gent stuff or anything like that. But like I mean, I come from Earth Crisis and like I said, Snapcase and All Out War and all all of that kind of kind of stuff. So. Just the head bobbing stuff. I don't know if that comes from like the hip hop background or what, whatever, but that's just what I've always liked, just in that pocket, you know? No, I hear you. The last thing I'll mention is this band. Uh, I don't know where they're from, but they're called Go Rot. They're like a black and doom band and really fucking good. And uh, they had some killer artwork by front of the podcast, Steve Wilson, uh, a known relic. Go check him out if you're looking for some artwork to great cover your album of your uh albums and whatnot because he rules and he was uh yeah he was previous guest really good dude i'm writing it down but also that band kicks ass yeah it's g-h-o-r-o-t great band i spelled it right nice <laughs> awesome well i i don't have too many other questions so if there's anything you want to plug obviously there is something that i imagine you want to plug right now so now's the time yeah dude just go check out Redbeard Wall 3. It's anywhere that you want to listen to music. Got no problems with you streaming it, man. But if you love it, if you like it, go buy it. We've got a couple of different variants that are really fucking cool. CDs. We got anything you need, basically. But yeah, just search up Redbeard Wall 3. Check it out. If you like it, hit me up. I'm always close by for convos, man. I'm accessible. And I love each and every one of y'all. Period. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Thank you for coming on. This was awesome. This was really fun to talk to talk with you. If Hell I yeah, can talk. <laughs> hey, man. I struggle with it as well sometimes. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude. It's fucking. It's been an honor, man. I I really appreciate the opportunity. And like I just said, man, I'm always close by. You ever need anything? Hit me up, man. Nice. Well, I hope you'll be able to get up to uh, you know New York eventually someday. I got some. We got some. If COVID. Depending, but we've got some stuff early. I guess, I guess, just just straight up spring next year. We'll be coming up that way. We got invited to a festival up there, so we're gonna plan some stuff. Oh, stuff awesome! Around it. Yeah, we played our last tour. We played Brooklyn on Halloween night at the. Oh, that's dope! At the Cobra Club, I believe is what it was. <laughs> that's awesome, and it was rad, dude. So, I mean, that was one of. I mean, obviously. New York is New York and Brooklyn's Brooklyn. So it's always a favorite, favorite place. David's there. So were there any good uh, costumes? Definitely. Yeah, dude. And I mean, I sat there cause like, I mean, I smoked cigarettes. So I, I bought a bunch of, I knew that 
prices are high and stuff there. So I, I brought a bunch of cigarettes and we just kind of hung out right in front of, we got a parking spot right in front of the venue. And so we just kind of hung out there and smoked cigarettes and I would just sell cigarettes, man. I like, I paid for basically my cigarettes just standing there on the block, people walking by in costumes and (laughs) it, it was just, it was a surreal night, but like, you know, like that's what you do it for, man. It's the fucking memories, man. You can't, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't take the money with you. You can't take, you know, that's what you got is those memories. So I'm out here to make those. Nice. Well, thanks, man. You stay safe out there and that'll do it for this chapter of the diary. Tell me why, tell me why.